Let's work. Yo, it's go time, show time, never back in downtime. One shot, yo, make it count, yo. Crunch time, shine time, make this moment my time. Get a grip, yo, ready, set, go. We bring the thunder. Bring the thunder. Step into the spotlight, get lit, yo. Let yourself go. High time, high time, gotta go big time. This is it, yo. Never take no fight time, grind time, take it to the street time. Turn the roof off, get loco. Game time, win time, we gon' bring it home time. No regrets now, let it all go. We bring the thunder. Well, good evening and welcome to Mountain Bears. I'm Ace and I, and of course, with me tonight is Techie Joe. How are you, darlings? I'm doing well. How about you? Wow, that repositioning of your camera and light really did a lot there. Sorry, I'm just noticing. Look, you look really good back there. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, Edison has moved his workspaces and divided his workspaces for an unboxing video that you guys will see later this week. Um, Edison has a Mac he's going to be playing with. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Oh. So It's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. Oh, God, it's been a week. I think everyone's just excited that, like, Mercury and Retrograde is over. It's like, ding-dong, the shit is good. It's good. <laughs> like, I don't know about everyone else, but I think that's where I'm at. I think that's where everyone we know is at. Right. Like, it was definitely a communications uh, nightmare this time. It has been a like, communication nightmare. Um, that, that really seems to be where everyone's been at. Is like, can we all just like, can we get along? Can we focus? Can we like get our shit together and make things work? And furthermore, can Asen get ten minutes to enjoy his coffee before the world blows up? I know, right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna put my hands uh, back in now. Um. Where did he go? There he is. He's putting his ears in. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, my I got muted. Um, <laughs> maybe I have sound. I don't know. Yes, you have sound. Sorry, I was getting, I was getting you, but through like a lot of static, and I was like, yeah, we gotta fix that real quick. Hi, Cassie. Oh. Hi, Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great oh. to, to file your taxes. Actually, I don't begin taxes until the time of Aries. Um, just because I'm a damn ram, I'll ram myself through them. If I sit here and do them in Piscean energy or Aquarian energy, I ain't getting them done. I'll get too emotional. Oh my God, <laughs> I spent that amount of money on technology this year. No, 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 no. We wait till taxes for taxes in a time of Aries when it's like, yeah, I did. And here's the other fifty fires I started with that. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. No, no, it's been a weird, like, I, especially the last week, it seems like everyone, though, seriously, communication just, like, died. Mm-hmm. Like, right. dead. Like, either, it's just, I have to say, though, it, it, it's more, it, it's less everyone blowing up and screaming and being, like, you know, just, nah. It's less that it, it's literally everyone on the same page. Like, I just need someone to hear the words coming out of my mouth and mm-hmm. understand them. Right. Like, it's that exasperated like thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's been a lot. It has been. It's been a lot. This week's been a lot. We just got down with Lady Gwendolyn's Divination Night special evening. So, yeah, I'm getting the Art Bell effect of producing and multi-doing shows, and I'm loving it. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, we, we have a lot going on. We, we, we spend a lot do. of time. Like, even if we're not on air, we're, we're sort of on air. Like, yeah. there's a lot of, t- like, there's other, you know, shows for other, people and yeah we're like we tonight is like back to back yeah like we we came off of one special edition for lady gwendolyn and rowan temple of light they did their uh-huh. embulk and divination night combo and you know we we got a little breather and it was like ah bathroom uh, <laughs> d <laughs> and then Right over to this one. It has been. But, you know, I personally, I will say this. is, You know, I used to have the, well, I don't know answer to that question of, if you weren't a psychic, what would you be doing? (laughs) I know what I would be doing now. I would be in fucking radio. Howard Stern, move over. Thanks for keeping my chair warm for 20 years. Art Bell, let's power it up from midnight into the desert. And let's rock that. Is anyone else seriously what? traumatized by the fact that Howard Stern is still, like, on air? No, I'm not traumatized like, about it at all. He's one of no, the I'm sorry. I'm, rocks. I know, but I'm still traumatized by it. Like, I saw his stuff, like, this was all the way back in the, what, 90s? 80s. I know, that's when he got his start. But, like, 90s is when, like, he became popular. No. I want to say. Really? Yeah. I thought that's when he hit like syndication. They started doing video and like, I don't. I, mm, yeah, I know. We're both having the same reaction. Like, mm, maybe I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> like, I know he's been active since like the 70s. I get that part. Um, but I was thinking it was the 90s that he just really kind of exploded. Yeah, WDC in 1981 to 1982, hosted by Howard Man. Stern, and then he, in 2000, and I know what you're thinking of, you're thinking of in January 9 of 06, when he left um, WWDC and went to Sirius XM. Well, there's some of that, but it's like, no, I remember him in the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that a lot of the, um, because I got stuck in a conservative household, a lot of the conservative stations, Uh strangely, decided to, like, run a lot of his content. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Fox. Um, really big fans of Stern. And, or at least were for a while. Um, but no, I just, 
like I remember stuff then and, and just thinking like this isn't gonna last. Like I some things I have horrible like I there's a reason I don't read tarot and talk on the network. I have horrible predictions. Um <laughs> at least about some things. Um I'll just put that out there. I do. I've worked. No, in seventy-five to eighty-one, he was at Boston University. From eighty-one to eighty-five, he was at WNBC um, Mm -hmm. in Washington. And between eighty-five and ninety-four, he was WXRK and started syndications through WXRK. And then ninety-five to ninety-nine, he was on uh, Cillian, Canadian, and Colombian conversion. And then in uh, and around 2005, 2000, 2005, fast changes and terrorizing radio departments. Um, so he went over to LA for a little mm-hmm. while and included 20 cent droplet 20, and he had all your 20% drop in listeners. And then he moved to Sirius XM. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like even like in his '93 book, um, Private Parts. Uh, like suddenly, I was a mainstream performer who had real clout in the marketplace. I was bankable immediately. They would forget about my most controversial material and the mm-hmm. fact that I could be real dangerous as a broadcaster. Exactly. Um, you know what? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like I got. Yeah, I, I, he was not even the most dangerous broadcaster. I mean, y'all got no. a lot of people call him offensive and stuff. Oh no, 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 no. We go back to the original shock jocks. I, I don't even know that. Like with Stern, it, it's even so much that I care that he's mm-hmm. offensive. Like I, I typically, in general, I don't care that someone's offensive. Like fine, do you? But. It was just like it all just seems so like stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mean to call him stupid. I just mean a lot of his material at that time was just like, right. really, yeah. You get paid for that, right? Like uh, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I couldn't see it as a gravy train that was going to last much longer. It's like, dude, make your money now. Sign those book deals, right? Make the money. And be prepared right. for when it's like, okay, like reality television, <laughs> you know, this is going to come to an end. Like, you know, <laughs> sort of like, you know, music videos on MTV um, is where I thought Stern was going to end up. It's just like all of a sudden one day it was going to be like, yeah, everyone's tired of that. Yeah. Um, no, so see, the original was like Wolfman Jack. Taking over the airways and playing those slow blues tunes of the seventies, and yeah. then you go into you know, you know, a lot of people think of her as a TV host, but she originally was a shock jock. Wendy Williams out of New York, D.C. or or Pittsburgh when New York when um oh always room for Jello and um daybreak drugs um. Bill Cosby got her fired. Okay. Yeah. Wendy Williams would make Howard Stern look like a Navy boy. Well, I'm just saying, though. I, I just I didn't see it as this thing that was going to last. I really yeah. didn't. Like, it always surprises me when this is still a thing. Like, yeah. I don't and, get you know, it. Um, I don't get it. 
Oh, and the other one that I would love, Michelle Visage, if she ever comes back to radio, I don't care where, if she goes to Sirius, we're buying Sirius. If she goes <laughs> to another station, we will get an internet podcast at the end because she is a kick-ass jock. You, you, you realize you can get a uh, Sirius XM account and like listen online, right? Yes, I realize that. But okay. I, also I was just making sure. They have an app and all this other stuff. And no, they're not mm-hmm. sponsored. And I think they're crappy. Mm-hmm. But if I have to go there, what if they buy Aston? You know, Sirius, come talk to me. We can discuss this. Um, <laughs> you know, because radio is radio. Well, now, let's, let's clarify. We are in West Virginia. And? Well, no, I want to clarify. The... the, the the Sirius XM satellite radio concept uh-huh. really sucks here. <laughs> like, it's a great idea, and if I were in a more flat state, I'm sure I would have flippin' loved it. Well, we're yeah, in West Virginia. Thing, with the 5G expansion going on, Sirius mm-hmm. XM is going to get a kick-ass boost to the broadcasting area. Like if I was looking at if I was looking at Terraform or satellite, I'd be going for satellite right now because um, of that five G expansion, which has been in hot news here lately because the FCC is being dicks again. Yeah. Oh, it's going to crash the plane. No, it will not. You said that about when cell phones became a major thing. You said that about, and they have had three years, three years to test this and to make sure that this van level that they don't belong in that their alternators don't belong in will yeah. not be affected yeah yeah like it it, it, it is totally screwed up but I, I do want to go back and say though it like i'm talking about literal satellite radio like in your car Mm-hmm. Now, in your house, it's a whole other thing. You you could mm-hmm. mount that wherever you need to mount the receiver. Right. Um, but it, like driving around West Virginia with it, I like I took the free trial with my car. Uh huh. I was stoked. Mm-hmm. I was excited. I was disappointed. Yeah. Like you could not drive around West Virginia and actually listen to anything because like. You, you know, she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. You know, I mean, it's just in and out and spotty and it breaks down and you're just sitting there like, yeah, I paid for that. Like I, I took three month trial, multi, like six months. I think I got when I bought the car sure. and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not signing up for that. And like, of course they call. It's like joining a cult. It, it really is. It, like, like it is impossible. They will do anything to get you to keep it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, like she's offering me like a free year. Like I've been like spammed my mailbox straight to hell. And I just finally, this woman on the phone, I said, "Look, I'm in West Virginia. It doesn't work. Like I, I I've tried." Mm-hmm. It's great if I sit in a parking lot and mm-hmm. don't move. Mm-hmm. But the minute I try to drive through West Virginia, it's garbage. Mm-hmm. I have better luck with keeping a radio station, a Terra station, than a satellite. Right. Um, I like It doesn't work. It's garbage. It is absolute garbage in my car. 
Mm -hmm. I said, so no, I'm not paying for it. And I don't even care that you're going to give me a year free. I don't care. Right. Like, I don't want to have this conversation again. It's what are you going to do in the next year? Mm -hmm. are, are you launching more satellites? Are you specifically covering West Virginia better? Like, you know, no. <laughs> Cancel my account. I'm sorry. I'm just not your customer. I right. can't. You can't. I can't. You Right. But, you know, here's the thing, and this is what people understand is we've got Bezos launching a satellite net that'll be the Internet. We have 4G coming out, which is going to be a lot wider spectrum of broadcasting bands. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Sirius XM's, you know, if you're if you're betting on stock, I'd put some into Sirius XM. Well, I'm just wondering where we're going to end up in a few years. Um, like how you ubiquitous is internet going to end up being like it, it like I, and i'm looking specifically at the u.s i think the world might be a little bit of a stretch mm -hmm. I, I think it'll get there i'm just saying right now mm -hmm. um you know a fairly large market mm -hmm. um you know if you kind of stretch around between the u.s and european countries and just okay. look at that equator band mm-hmm of of countries um i'm just wondering okay how ubiquitous internet's gonna end up being that we're effectively like i'm wondering if there's just gonna be a day where you're just online yeah and that's it like it doesn't matter where you go doesn't matter what you do doesn't matter where you're at doesn't matter mm -hmm. you're just online yeah. And it just connects and it just does the thing. And mm -hmm. we start treating it more, you know, like it's just air. Yeah. And like, we, I, I'm wondering how long. Seven um, years. No, well, wait for my question before you get there. Okay. Um, you know, I think seven years is probably short for what I was about to say. Um, I, I'm wondering how long. Until we get to the point that internet isn't something we pay for, it just is. But it starts to replace the actual terror radio. Now, I know that's going to come with drawbacks and side effects, like mm -hmm. more ads, more, you know, promotional content, more, more, more. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm wondering if there's a day in which that totally replaces, like, like the stereo in your car. Your right. car will be fully connected to the right. internet anywhere in that equator band. And, you know, you you get constant advertising. You have great right. selection of, of programming um, to listen to, to watch even. Um, your real live diagnostics are going up from your car. Mm -hmm. You know, all of this stuff is happening. Um, I'm just wondering how many more years till we get there. I mean, yeah. Oh, I must say seven. Elon Musk is basically kind of doing uh, a fair amount with like Tesla. Um, and then there's Neuralink. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to Neuralink. Um, I think it'll be a wonderful thing for our paraplegics. I think it'll be a wonderful thing for our quadplegics and anybody with disabilities. See, now that's my one problem with Neuralink that okay. I keep stumbling on. Okay. Is we're going to be talking about controlled motion. Mm -hmm. but that's all 
like effectively you're like follow along with me okay um is we're looking at creating the same experience for quadriplegics and paraplegics mm-hmm. that amputees have which is a sensationally, you know, non-responsive limb Mm -hmm. being physically manipulable. Mm -hmm. So sort of that like Stepford Wives moment where you could literally set your hand on a stove. Mm -hmm. Physically, you can do that. Mm -hmm. But you won't be able to feel shit. Yeah. Like talking about a high level quadriplegic, no feeling. Well, here's um, a debatable or, factor of this, and this is something mm-hmm. that I don't know if it's out. I haven't looked into it research-wise. I'm looking at it through my eyes. Um, it'll be like a USB chip-to-chip communication. Well, yeah, but most of what they're talking about is like only like 1,024 channels. I, I think with 1,024 channels, you can definitely do mm-hmm. motion. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can bridge the gap for full, not at the 1024 level, mm-hmm. for full sensory information. I think you can bridge the gap for most of it if you're putting the the, the one receiver at the cortex of the brain, the mm-hmm. other receiver goes at the end of the break. Potentially, but it's still not a lot of channels of data. Like, when we talk about nerve sensation... Mm-hmm. That that is a very multifaceted thing, right? Like that's that's millions, right? Of impulses and signals and connections and a, mm-hmm. a collection of data, mm-hmm. um, that's all happening. Right. Um, I that was where it was like I had the one moment where I'm like, that's really cool, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here going, but. That's sort of like people who have an amputation and get a prosthetic that is, you know, that, that they learn to control, um, you know, that, that is a, a uh, electrical, mechanical prosthetic right. that they learn to control by signaling different muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going, but that's still, you're not going to know if you slam it in a car door. You're not going to know if you're touching something that's 4,000 degrees. You're not going to know right. if, like, your child is holding your hand. Um, but, you're not going to feel it. Right. Um, you're thinking of the motorbiotics of it. However, what I'm thinking of is more so, let's say your brain is one network. Mm-hmm. Your cognitive cortex is one network. Your other network is the break in that network chain mm-hmm. is that your C2 thing. Okay. So you have a chip here, a network chip here at the cordial text thing. You have another chip here at the break at the C2 on the sending mm-hmm. and receiving end. And yeah, it's basically if you can... Bluetoothing the, the, the impulse. Well, yeah, and theoretically, if you could just sit there and take all of the different connections within that, um, uh, within the spinal column, right. mm-hmm. and just literally map it out, like mm-hmm. what's the pin out? Mm-hmm. Figure out the pin out of each end, mm-hmm. um, and then effectively do a, a conversion. But my understanding of why that's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world 
mm-hmm. is that you you don't that there's just so many connections mm-hmm. that like you know we're talking about tiny 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 strands mm-hmm. of you know physical material that isn't really been properly human interfaced yet. Right. Like so, part of me just keeps feeling like Neuralink almost sounds like you know Doctor Frankenstein in a lab throwing mm-hmm. electricity at you know his creation, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what does this do, and what happens if we plug it up over here, yeah. and you know, <laughs> like, right. yeah, dear, like, I. I I think it sounds great, and I think the long-term future of it is probably amazing. Right. Um, or whatever derives from it, if this isn't the thing. Right. Um, but the current iteration, I, I just mm-hmm. I keep coming back to that, and I'm like, see, that part just doesn't sound all that amazing. Now, the part where he was talking about, you know, we're probably a couple of generations off of, like, uh, visual overlay. Mm-hmm. And reproduction of sight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think, probably in hearing as well. Although I don't know how the deaf community is going to take that. Like one more thing that replaces hearing. Um, mm-hmm. The deaf community's been very odd about trying to be fixed. Um, they're very anti that. Depending um, like on what, but a lot of them are. A lot of them aren't. It depends on which segment of that community they are. If they are post-hearing, i.e. they lost their hearing, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, bring it back. But if they are born deaf, they're very much like, I haven't needed it yet, so why do I need it now? Well, and, and I, I've, I've definitely heard those arguments. Yeah. Um, that there are a lot of people who have lost their hearing um, mm-hmm. through a traumatic incident after a long life of hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it, it can be very problematic depending upon where you are in your life to try to move right. past that and mm-hmm. re, you know, learn a new language, find a new community, deal with the loss of, you know, a, a lot of people who don't know how to interact with you now. Right. Um, versus, yes, people that are like, I'm not broken. This is, you know, I was born this way. Right. Um, or at such an early age, mm-hmm. close enough. Right. Like, if you can't remember in hearing, mm-hmm. um, then how <laughs> would yeah. you? Yeah, right. You know, this is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it right now, if I got infrared vision, I've never had infrared vision. Mm-hmm. I don't see infrared. Most humans don't. I, I don't know that we even have a human that sees an infrared. Um, but if you were to suddenly drop that on me, I mean, I think it would highly change like my visual perception. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would want it or not want it. I think it would depend on what it would provide me. And this has always been my thing with adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, what will it provide me? You know, mm-hmm. it's like when they've recommended um, back surgery or the biomeds, what will it provide me? Mm-hmm. We well, won't be in pain anymore. 
I haven't seen one person yet that has not had a, 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 an implant done or a fusion done that doesn't live in pain. I haven't seen it yet, but try me again. Well, still. I like, but then again, we've been using implants for Parkinson's, um, which, uh, I mean, can dramatically change Mm -hmm. um, the experience experience of uh, Parkinson's disease. Right. So, and I mean, depending upon how you define pain, I because I know for a lot of people with Parkinson's, it's not just that there's pain. But there's mm-hmm. also the the emotional pain, the the frustration mm-hmm. of a you know neuro disabling um, disease coursing through your body, slowly taking away your ability to um, motorly interact mm-hmm. um, until finally you somewhat become trapped in your own body. Mm-hmm. Um, waiting for the point in which your body effectively can no longer control involuntary functions. Right. That you will pass on. Right. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that that's its own certain kind of pain. Right. Like, it's not the pain we first think of, like, ow, my back hurts. Ow, I can't, you know, I have mm-hmm. cold water on my leg. Like, my literal symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, or the numbness and tingling, or the shoulder pain, or like any of those things right. um, that I've gone through with my neck issues, and mm-hmm. you know, I, like that's it, that's the pain we think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the other side of pain, um, or the other side of any condition, which mm-hmm. is the other pain. The, the right. pain that you can't write a prescription for, you can't, you know, numb it. Right. Well, you can try, you know. Yeah. Drugs and alcohol do that for a lot of people for a lot of pain. Right. Um, not that that's the best solution. You know, please seek help. Yes. But uh, that's its own kind of pain. It is. It is its own kind of pain. <clears throat> oh, so... Let's look at some of the other things. Now, I just sent this to you. If you need me to send it to you again, I will. And no, no, no. Okay. You can go ahead and lead into this one. Is that the new study reveals? Yes. All right. New study reveals LGBTQ plus people leading the way in COVID-19 vaccinations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a new study suggests that LGBTQ plus people are leading the way when it comes to getting vaccinated against COVID-19, as well as being more concerned about the pandemic and more confident in the vaccines, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported. Um, The reports titled COVID-19 Vaccination Coverage and Vaccine Confidence by Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity, United States, August 29th through October 30th, 2021, indicated that though there was some variation across uh, ethnicities, the overall picture was fairly consistent. So, yeah, I think know, it's or fairly constant. constant right. excuse me. Yeah, but I find it interesting. Do you think it's because we still hold the trauma from the 80s? I... I... I think that's at least one level removed 
from I, I think it's related, but I don't think that's it. Mm-hmm. I think we're already, I think from the 80s, we created a community at least surrounding um, health. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, normally about um, sexual health and wellness. And mm-hmm. I think born out of that is having one more thing. Mm hmm. Um, that we can instantly see, and I do think I, I, I think there are some people having a very '80s reaction, right? Um, as in, like you know, what's old is new again. Um, mm-hmm. Going to funerals every week, hearing every week about how this person died, that person died, this other person died. Mm-hmm. Um, does sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, early HIV AIDS, uh, epidemic. Um, like, I don't think there was any person not having flashbacks. Right. Like if you live through that and you're going through this, you, I doubt you're not having a moment. Right. Like this feels the same. Right. Um, but then I also think that some of that is, once that became part of the equation, I think a lot of people may have, you know, taken that 80s experience and moved right in. Um, but I also think there are enough people with like an awareness mm-hmm. and just a, a general health awareness out that that are uh, in the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. to understand that there's a lot of similarities here and this uh, in some directions is worse mm-hmm. in some directions better mm-hmm. that we're, we're talking about very similar things mm-hmm. that while they're they're kind of flip opposites in, in some ways you know mm-hmm. like hiv you can get today totally untreated you should have general life, uh, you know, uh, expectancy of several years mm-hmm. before this starts to become, um, you know, before you start dealing with complications of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Versus with COVID-19, you have a couple of weeks at most of an mm-hmm. incubation period, and then you are at uh, your pinnacle apex Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with the worst parts of this. Um, then we have the unknown of going forward, which we've right. already started to, through the course of this, get some speculation on right. um, as to what that's going to look like. We've seen reports about, you know, lowered repro- uh, uh, oh, lowered, um, what, testosterone, lowered reproductive health, um, in terms of like lowered fertility is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, you know, un- long lasting lung effects, potential brain effects. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a long list here and right. we're still early enough on. We don't know what we don't know. So right. we don't and know. We always have, and right now we're not even sure how long long haul exists. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, Nobody knows why, because we haven't seen long haul COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time with this, um, 
that's what I'm saying. I wonder if, we're, if a lot of older gay population was having flashbacks of the 80s. When no, it was, you know, oh, you got AIDS? You're dead. Two weeks, months, four years, gone. Um, and that, you know, brought back echoes for our community and was like, oh, no, we've done this. We know how to get through this because I'm sorry if you need to know any. And, you know, we've had to educate doctors so many times about the, you know, the SCI panels and this stuff. Go ask the gay guy because we get that. It's like you come out, especially around me, you come out, you get the talk. And it's better than any father talk you ever got of like, okay, you now get to do this, 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 and here's your two options. Well, yeah, there, well, yeah. Um, and and that, that's a conversation, honestly, I think most everyone should end up having. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm more traumatized that, like, straight people don't get that conversation. Like, you've got to be somewhere in the community to get the conversation mm-hmm. of, like, you know, here's your risk factors across multiple, you know, uh, sexually transmitted infections. Mm-hmm. Here are, you know, a list of sexual practices that will increase those risks. Mm-hmm. Here's a list of ways you can prevent that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but your body, your sex life, your choices, and you know, made in with consent of other partners, mm-hmm. however many or few those may be, this is what you need to understand about your risk factors, and that no, you really need to make sure that you're getting tested, mm-hmm. that you know, this is not, you know. There, there's no slut shaming here. Right. Like, you know, there there are people that literally have one partner in their entire life and that partner gives them HIV. Mm-hmm. Like there's a transmission there. Right. Um, and so it, it's, it's not like the more dicks you juggle, the higher your risk is. Right. Theoretically, yes. But functionally, like it takes one. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like you, you can skip the other nine hundred ninety-nine, which I think right. is roughly the number of um, sexual encounters for HIV through bottoming. Right. Um, and you can like skip the other nine hundred ninety-nine, mm-hmm. and the one in one thousand could be your first and only. Right. So, like forget trying to shame people into feeling like their sluttiness is why they have an STI. Like I, that's the part I hate. Yeah. Um, like, you know what I mean? Um, plus, you know, there's a whole list of other things there. Right. Yeah. No. Um, and it's, there is some similarity there. If you start looking at, um, you know, our current situation, Right. Is one cough, one sneeze, mm-hmm. one person, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. That's all it takes. You can do everything else right. Um, you know, I, I and I think there are a number of people statistically mm-hmm. that have gotten sick despite doing everything they possibly can. Right. And still. And still. 
Um, because again, we've gone through this and said, look, these are your best chances. Mm -hmm. Like being very careful here. These are your best chances for mm -hmm. avoiding. Right. These are the best things you can do to help you avoid it. No one ever said this is the 100% gold standard guarantee. You won't get it. Right. And then, um, but, but that has occurred with COVID, that has occurred with AIDS, that occurred with SARS, that occurred with the blurred flu, that included with the, the um, Swiss flu, you know, the Swiss flu, that, that was the 50s, that included with the uh, influenza of yeah. 1918, is these I are mean, best practices. These yeah, are best practices. The weird part is, I, I think that, that members of, our, uh, of the LGBTQ plus community get it. Right. Like, I, I think at some point, a large majority of us, I won't say everyone, the large, but a very large majority start having to deal with statistics. Right. And understanding their choices and understanding, you know, protection models mm -hmm. and understanding risk factors. And, you know, like here, make your intelligent choice. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not going to, to, uh, people are into what they're into. Mm -hmm. People do what they do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it is better if, and this is typically considered worst sexual health advice ever. But I, I've always found it like it, it's the most honest. Mm -hmm. You're going to go do what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. if, if you are going to go to an inner city, and hit a bookstore, say in New York, mm -hmm. and you're not going to take any condoms with you. You're going to do intravenous drugs. You're going to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And you can either do that knowing the risk factors and taking the best precautions you can, which is testing, making sure to treat anything that you do get. Make sure that you are um, protecting the health of others by um, testing frequently and making sure to get that treatment and not spread to others. Mm -hmm. Like, that's your best shot. Mm -hmm. Like, again, no judgment. Uh, that, mm -hmm. That's, you know, if that's what you're doing. Now, if you're showing up and no one's ever told you the risk factors... And you're not really making an intelligent decision here. Mm -hmm. You're just doing the thing that feels good mm -hmm. um, because you like it. Mm -hmm. um, but then you're not, you know, aware of the risks that it poses to you. You're not aware of the risks that it poses to others. You're not aware of the things that you can do to protect yourself. You're not aware. Like, just the constant, you're not aware. You're, you're not mm -hmm. making a decision. Right. Um, you're bumbling blindly through the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I have a bigger issue with that. Not from the perspective of the person doing it, mm -hmm. because they were going to do that anyway. Right. Um, it's from all the missed opportunities mm -hmm. that literally anyone who came in contact with this person that could have talked to them in a non judgmental way. Mm hmm. 
um, every healthcare provider, every you know member of the community, every person who works at a you know community center could have had mm-hmm. to impact this situation. Mm-hmm. That's what I have the problem with. Is like how? Well, <laughs> and it's because we have to go and try. I'm sorry, we are still training. Um, I have had arguments with doctors over testing before. I have literally cursed a doctor out and go, who the fuck are you compared to the CDC? Um, how dare you make these judgments, um, Mm -hmm. about my healthcare? Um, even super doc, we've had to train him about, no, you actually need to run this test and this test and this test in conglomeration with these tests because it shows a more clearer picture here. Um, and it takes a bit of training, and I'm like, okay. Well, and there's uh, a lot of broken assumptions there. Yeah. Like, that's the bigger part. One, this is, you know, like, hi, you're a doctor, not a mm-hmm. PhD, an MD, mm-hmm. or a DO. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're the person in charge of this gateway called healthcare. Mm-hmm. And... Why do I have to explain to you? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it for really, like, older doctors. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I've run into some younger ones that I'm like, are you flipping kidding me right now? Yeah. Do you have brain? Like, yeah. Is but this, no. a, like, are you, like, literally, Sir Phil, like, are you pranking me? Like, am I on an episode of Punked? Right. Well, <laughs> you know, like, you know, my famous, you know, I, my famous you're fired moment um, <laughs> was with the doctor and it's like, okay, it's my birthday. So that means it's time to get my lovely test work done. He looks at me lost and I'm like, okay, so you missed the after school special in med school. Got that. All right. These are the tests I need to run. And he looks at me and goes, you've been in a monogamous relationship for over 20 years continually one right after another why do you have to worry about this who said it was monogamous well and and one like that's before you even get into the concept of is it really monogamous if it's just serial monogamy Uh uh-huh like it's not one partner it's multiple partners in a 20-year period yeah and all the partners that they have monogamous serially monogamously been in a relationship with over that 10 20 year period meanwhile you're gonna look at me in this day and age mm-hmm. of high divorce rate of you know w- one of the most popular reasons for divorce or breakup being cheating uh-huh like and and, and you're gonna like assume anything that's what kills me is this like there's a lot of assumption there Mm -hmm. like i like for those of you who watch house you'll know this line too well everyone lies Mm -hmm. um and and i i i i get why doctors and medical professionals have to think that way right because you know people will lie about all kinds of things Mm mm-hmm um also people lie to themselves which will cause them mm-hmm. to misrepresent to you mm-hmm. what they're doing who they are how they live mm-hmm. um you know for any number of reasons right. um 
but to sit there and make the the assumption that on this one thing mm -hmm. that they're going to be not the whole truth nothing but the truth so help them god mm -hmm. and it could potentially be that they're having sex with like you know 14 other people than their spouse mm -hmm. and potentially the spouse is sitting right there mm -hmm. like right there <laughs> uh -huh. like yeah and brenda brings up that even if it was monogamous it only takes one cheating moment well not only that I, this time that I had this argument with this lovely doctor, I had just left mm -hmm. the nursing industry, and this was during the pre-MRSA, you know, the MRSA outbreak. This was during, you know, a lot of high-risk nursing behavior, and I worked in long-term care, so we got a lot of that high post-high-risk behavior to deal with. Um, well, and then nursing dollar for every time that I came home and had to drop my uniforms into hydroperoxide, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. Well, not to mention people here in nursing home think old people and assume like paragon of virtue somehow and jump right to the idea that cookie baking grandmas don't have syphilis or gonorrhea or chlamydia or HIV or, you know, that it just can't sure. happen. And it's like, did you like really? Like, before they called them STIs, they called them STDs, and way back when, they used to call them venereal diseases. Mm -hmm. um, like... <laughs> yeah, like, did you miss it? Did you miss did you, the, you know, grandma this had been a in, life before she ended up here? Yeah, like, I'm sorry, you know, you, you can knit, bake cookies for your grandma, or, you know, bake cookies for your grandkids, and be ass up in a sling for 20 years before that. Right. Like, um, it happens. It Like, you know, we didn't invent like sex yesterday. Right. And I think we kind of... Uh... <laughs> Sarah says, came right in on Grandma's with Syphilis, and I'm not disappointed. <laughs> but... You know, here's the factors, and here's the factors that people do not realize, especially during my time of nursing. I was caring for the grandmas and grandpas, and for some reason, I don't know why people think that, you know, as soon as you get the word grand in front of you, your sex life is over. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Furthermore, there were relationships going on in the nursing home and in my day, it was trained, we shut the door and leave them the hell alone because that's their personal rights. It is. Well, and then you also have to deal with um, dementia and right. the disinhibit, uh, disinhibiting aspects of right. dementia. You know, she may have been, you know, a, a virgin until marriage and only been with one man who is completely faithful to her mm -hmm. all the way through their marriage. But then the dementia kicked in and, well, grandma became a slut, um, is a thing that families of dementia patients sometimes have to accept. Real, it, it, It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's tough. Like, all of a sudden, she is cussing like a sailor and, like, screwing every man that walks past her. Um, and it's because this human being had these sexual thoughts and 
because they had executive function in their brain, they made different choices. That, that well, told them this is against my beliefs, this is against my blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, 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 this is a bad life choice, this will ruin my marriage. There's lots of, this is called inhibition. Right. These are the reasons you don't do this shit. Right. To then have that part of your brain, as well as many others, eroding, mm -hmm. totally changes. Uh-huh. Well, not only that, suddenly, wife, you know, they did not publicize i don't know how many times i heard from families i don't know why she's doing it and this is not with dementia this is with like you know mm -hmm. paraplegic or whatever or you know had a stroke or whatever and and when i say whatever it's not that i'm brushing it away it's that that diagnosis is five chart pages too long for me to talk about on the show yeah. we don't know why she's this way but she's been going after men since you know he passed away uh duh Like, you know, hi. Well, and even medication changes um, can have severe impact on people. Um, right. You know, I, I know, um, well, and certain medical diagnoses as well. But, um, okay. no, medications can also have dramatic effect. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it was Lexapro back in the 90s. Right. Um, that a lot of people started taking and it had a weird effect on inhibition mm -hmm. and it became very disinhibiting for some uh, uh, people who were prescribed it. Right. And you suddenly had people that, you know, seemed to have their, their shit together mm -hmm. and, you know, they were not someone you'd expect having affairs left, right, and center on their spouse. Exactly. All because this medication started to affect parts of their brain that said, right. we don't do that. Right. And here's why. Right. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, like enough people did that, that now there's a medication warning. Okay. That's in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I do know of someone who had that happen to them. Right. Um, that person is now in her sixties, soon to be seventies. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she she's not too far off that. Mm -hmm. Um, that period. Mm -hmm. I I really sincerely hope that mm -hmm. you know a doctor had the forethought that if you suddenly lost your your inhibitions and you started mm -hmm. doing all of this. Mm -hmm. We need to run some blood work. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be honest. Like, if if you're all of a sudden making you know totally different life choices, mm -hmm. um, I don't know that you've made those with any kind of protection, any kind of like talking about sexual health histories, mm -hmm. or if they were just completely in the moment impulsive. You don't know who that was. You didn't ask for a condom. You didn't care that there was fluid exchange. You might have done some drugs while you were at it. No. But um, the other part here, and this is the part that people do not realize a lot of times, is, you know, and it's being pointed out in break room conversation and, you know, different Facebookers here of, yeah, grandmas and grandpas used to be swingers and used to be this, and it wasn't common knowledge. Uh mm -hmm. 
you know, and then we still have the 60s and 70s generation um, are now hitting that geriatric stage, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say it's going to be scary That's for Alzheimer's scary. patients that go back and think it's 1969 um, or think it's 1972. That's going to be interesting. Those are the patients I used to love. One of my favorite patients used to run a um, general store. And the only way that we sometimes I can get her to calm down is hand her my checkbook. Now, that woman had dementia and could not tell you what she had to eat, but she can balance your books to the penny. And it was scary. Mm-hmm. She actually found um, one day the nursing home administrator was in. And this was a small nursing home, so he done multiple things. Hey, Ashley. He was in and she was throwing, she was leaving. She had to get to the store whole nine yards and i finally looked at him and said do you have any accounting book books she doesn't even have to do them i mean you don't even have to take them but do you have any accounting that she could do it'll calm her down so much he says oh yeah i've been working on this for weeks here see if she can find where three thousand dollars went <laughs> um, found Ed and actually found out that he was underpaying three nurses and overpaying two nurses oh wow yeah i love that i love um, that but no, it like dementia is like hmm, dementia is so hard to explain to people, and I struggle with it. Like, and I've lived through it with two family members, mm-hmm. and there's no easy like there's cute little definitions and there's cute little ideas that float around the world about what dementia is. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, like if you take those and you try to deal with someone with dementia, <laughs> you have to learn the dementia patient. Now, yeah, another one it's of my neat. favorites. I didn't have a problem with her. She didn't have a problem with me because I had dark hair and a deep voice and it was just all smooth sealing. Well, yes, honey, I'll go take a shower. But you send a blonde in there or a female to go in and take care of her? she'll come running out of the room thinking that she's the most terror on earth. Mm-hmm. And there, there's like one it's individual, like everyone's dementia experience is unique. Yes. It is very individualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's brain death, but it's not like, it, like when we talk about total function of the brain, and mm-hmm. all the millions of things your brain does. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the death of that. Because mm-hmm. this is what dementia is. It's brain death. Mm-hmm. Um, slow, typically. Mm-hmm. Brain death. Um, and, and we want to try to talk about the stages of dementia. Mm-hmm. Like, don't ever read that and think that they all happen. Like, you know, like you're stage one here and then it's like a sudden press precipitous drop and you're stage right. two. Like this is all an interweaving web. Right. Of sometimes you have a late stage dementia patient that is still fully capable of speech, mm-hmm. fully capable of say dressing themselves Mm-hmm. Um, or toileting, or you know, but they're they have major deficits in other areas, right? To which it equates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the unspoken part of dementia, and the one that it can be the most confounding, mm-hmm. are moments of lucidity. Mm-hmm. 
And people think this is like that, that I like, I don't even know how to best describe it. It is literally a period of time that for some reason unknown, because we don't understand enough about dementia right. and how dementia works mm -hmm. to really get into like, why does this happen? Mm -hmm. But there can be moments where the brain is fully functional. Mm -hmm. All the lights are on. Everyone is home. Everyone is at their battle stations. And they're walking through life like they just took a nap, woke up, and they are very refreshed and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And that can last for a few minutes, a few hours, a few days. Mm -hmm. And when it stops... It, it's like a light switch. Everything right. powers down. It, it and it may never happen again. It may happen tomorrow. None of this of what they do in that period forms new memory because that's mm -hmm. one of the key problems of dementia is mm -hmm. the inability to form new memory. Mm -hmm. It can be great and wonderful, and a, like we see it a lot in movies used to be like this last moment where mom or dad or grandma or whoever was fully there and everyone got to say their goodbyes and express love and affection and, you know, find out, you know, where the hidden, what the fuck ever was. And like, that's the movie version. Right. This could literally be like one minute. They, they are your, you know, stage three dementia, uh, um, um, or a parent with dementia sitting in a corner who is, can't, you know, wants to go home. And the next minute they are in the car driving with your, with your children, their grandkids mm -hmm. to wherever, you know, to take them to the park and get them ice cream, you know, because mm -hmm. grandpa's here today mm -hmm. and they go have a lovely three hours and before they can get back in the car with those grandkids and get home, mm -hmm. somewhere along there, they forgot they have grandkids, forgot they have a car, forgot, just wander mm -hmm. off. They don't mm -hmm. know where the grandkids are. They, they don't remember where home is. They, mm -hmm. you know, that's it. Um, but it also really depends on the situations. I'm sorry. I've seen dementia patients that are in what I call chain reactional behaviors and mm -hmm. switch out the person in that chain and that chain falls totally apart. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like, the, like they've gotten themselves to where they, you know, yeah, they forget things, but it's Tuesday. So on Tuesday they have fishes and chips and at five o'clock is dinner and they're able to hold that together. To some degree, yes. It yeah. all can kind of depend. Yes. Um, now, the, I think we all have a certain familiarity with pattern. Right. Um, and, and it's not... I, I, and there's been an argument and debate as to whether that's part of memory mm -hmm. and forming new memory, mm -hmm. or if there's a different part of the brain that actually handles, like, the the continuous recognition mm -hmm. of pattern that may deteriorate typically later mm -hmm. in dementia 
Right. So the and especially for people like if you're a good Catholic and you only eat fish on Fridays, or you have to only eat fish, or mm-hmm. anyway, you know what I'm trying to get at. Right. Um, that you eat fish on Fridays, then you're gonna you know, and you've done this since childhood. Mm-hmm. Those are things that will stick with you. Like right. you can forget everything else, like, but you can link the concept that you know you should have fish because like it's friday right like somewhere in your brain every seven days you know you have to consume you know fish on fridays well and you know that's how i think tom girardi was able to keep things moving as long as he was able to okay was he was a patterned person and he (laughs) had the and right now he's even right now thinking he's defending another case, but it's actually him. And I think that we're going to see things, and that's why, you know, like, you know, last year this time, he was speaking for the uh, California Bar Association getting classes. It's because he, that was so much ingrained in him that that's part of the tape that's still working. And his life was patternized. You know, it's Monday, 9 a.m. I got to be in the office. We do this till 1230. I have dinner, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And it was fine until the pattern cracked out. Right. And a lot of people see that. um, that, That's also typically how a lot of people's families start figuring out that someone has dementia. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there's also been uh, some, you know, studies slash you know research and a little bit of anecdotal evidence um that highly intelligent people right can actually retain higher amounts of function longer Mm -hmm. um than others with less education and less mentally demanding jobs right um in such that you can and especially if you're doing um, uh, like the mini mental status exams or mm-hmm. even the long form versions, um, that higher intelligence mm-hmm. can in many ways, like the, these tests are kind of middle of the road mm-hmm. um, for like all intelligence levels. And so you can have people that, fail it but aren't do, don't have like dementia or any problem mm-hmm. and then you can have people that pass it but are severely uh, affected right um not to mention time of day and everything else mm-hmm. um all of those things contribute but then right. you do have people with very patterned lives Mm-hmm. Um, and most of us do, surprisingly. You don't think you do, but you do. do. Um, you have a very set routine, especially as you age. Like mm-hmm. your your life becomes very routine, right? Um, especially when you don't have like kids to drop off at school and soccer practice soccer practices to keep up with, and all this mm-hmm. other crap. Um, you know, you have a pretty set routine. And it's really easy to just kind of follow that routine. It's when people have new information mm-hmm. that that's when you start to see the effect of dementia. Right. Because now, like, there's this whole plasticity concept that, um, you know, got really big, I think, like, 10 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. 
about like you know being able to process new information and handle new information and that you know you could train your brain to be younger i still kind of call a little bit of bullshit on that i think you can help um but i don't think you're gonna like you know make your brain 20 again um and i don't think you need to um not a medical opinion i'm just saying i i don't think that exists but there's things that are a struggle for everyone at, you know, different at like specifically an elder stage in life. Mm -hmm. And then there are things that you realize that nothing new is going in. They're not processing new information at all. Mm -hmm. Any change to routine gone. It's not that grandma forgets that she has to go to, you know, a, a baby shower this week. It's that anytime someone tries to schedule something with her that isn't part of that normal routine, in one ear, out the other, it will not settle. It like she can put it on the calendar, you can watch her write it, you can call her 15 minutes before. She ain't gonna be there. Right. Not because she doesn't love you or care or want to do it, because it's, it, not, it, on the, it's not on the tape to do. So, you know, this kind of leads us into our next topic. Mm -hmm. Judges' orders, you know, I, there's two topics I want to do. Let's take up Biden administration first. Okay. The Biden administration is paying survivors benefits to LGBTQ plus elders. Um, for those that don't remember, we covered where the Trumps were fighting to have to pay senior care fighting to pay survivor mm. benefits yeah they ruined fate of the parents both in both cases in 2020 but trump administration was appealing and appealing and it's like no sorry um so the, the biden administration has dropped this uh, thorn who spent 30 years with her late partner meredith brown now receives one thousand eight hundred and forty nine dollars a month twice of what she was receiving prior to being paid survivor benefits according to times thorn also received a one-time payment of seventy two thousand dollars um for the benefits that she was denied yep since 2015. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, uh, it, here's my problem with the whole fight is th this is a situation that fundamentally rejects the idea mm -hmm. at its very core, despite mm -hmm. all overwhelming evidence mm -hmm. that these are people in a relationship mm -hmm. equivalent to marriage. Mm -hmm. Like, why is this bouncy ball hard to follow? They, they, they are following the exact same kind of things that every other couple does. Right. And, like, it's open and shut. It shouldn't yeah. be that hard. The, the first time someone brings it to your attention and you can clearly see it, mm -hmm. like, it exists. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how anyone even thought they were going to continue to do this. Right. Like, other than to just be obstinate and hope these people die before they can, you know, exhaust all their legal uh, maneuvering. Well, not only that, but they were busy borrowing from Social Security to pay for a wall. Now mm -hmm. they have to make up the payments. Mm. 
And, and this is a callback to Tuesday's show. I really mm -hmm. wish this story had broke before then. But U.S. judge orders nursing agency to pay $1.56 million for trafficking Filipino nurses. Holy crap. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, there it is. Okay. I don't know if I either closed it or what I did. Right. Good God. Mm -hmm. What? Jesus. For recruited from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And oh my God. So basically, like, we're going to, you know. Ugh. That's a horrible case. Right. And yeah, that's uh, I can understand why that comes under Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Mm -hmm. um, They're also because... finding this in uh, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, also, of them trafficking people over um, and using them in, their, in the healthcare field, paying them less than what the agency nurses were making, because this is an agency. Um, and for those that don't understand agency work, it's when you don't work for the hospital, you work for a company that employs the hospital and travel nursing is really big. We currently have um, people um, in the Congress, mm -hmm. instead of wanting to limit the CEO, whose most CEOs of hospitals salary has increased over the year, um, but now they're wanting to put a controlled limit on how much um agency nurses are paid oh yeah yeah no yeah well and and you notice that like it's now become like traveling nurses as a concept um didn't seem like that big of a threat to the like medical uh, uh like to hospitals to to the entire medical environment when that was making up a very small portion of their staff, that it was a lucrative mm -hmm. field, it helped to cover the gaps that many hospitals were facing, um, mm -hmm. at least short term, until they could hire full term, uh, uh, full time employees. Right. But then <laughs> um, the gap grew. Yeah. And it became massive. And it's continued to grow. And mm -hmm. it will continue to grow as long as hospitals do not provide for their nurses. Hospitals pay less than that. Um, and yeah. hospitals, you know, continue to treat their nurses like shit. Requiring them to work eight to 16 to 18 hours, declaring a state of emergency in the hospital. So they require them for 24 hours. Um, and then they're allowed four hours off, but not off site. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just sit here with this, and what I what I start to extrapolate from it is, I think we're going to start to see this happening in other fields. Right, like we've been talking about gig economy for a while now. Like it's been mm -hmm. hot news, it's been a hot thing. Like, mm hmm. Um, but that's the next thing. Right. Like, in terms of when you're looking at nurses, you need to also, and traveling nurses, mm -hmm. you need to start looking at the the gig economy concept. It's been small. Right. And it is ever-growing. Mm -hmm. And at what point are we going to see reflected in, you know, mainstream business mm -hmm. exactly what's happening here? 
where right. you know one we start trying to human traffic if that's and frankly that's already happened yeah um and two uh, with the whole underpayment and everything else mm-hmm. um but two when these businesses start to balk at, and want legal protections mm-hmm. to cap pay and to cap mm-hmm. so now there's a maximum wage that you mm-hmm. can make in each of these fields Mm-hmm. Um, because they they find the rates extortive, and it's like really? interesting. Yeah, because but that's fundamentally what you're saying. You know, pay your CEO, mm-hmm. not your your CEO who is there for board meetings, there for those things. You want to increase his pay, but you didn't increase your own nurses' pay, or regulate their schedule, or mm-hmm. give them more benefits. You just attempt to enslave them. This is why, mm-hmm. and you know, and some. I was watching a TikTok, and I really like her. And I can't open TikTok because it'll start playing, but I will s- send it into the break room. Um, and she's an old floor nurse, and she was talking about that. There's been legislation in Congress requiring minimum staffing levels for nursing, mm-hmm. and it got me back to thinking to when I hurt my back. Before I hurt my back after working 120 hours that week at one nursing home, I had hurt my knee and I had to take six months off the floor. So I went to work with the union that I was with, and they at that time was writing and working and legislating for a minimum staffing bill. And I went and looked back into my you know notes of you know what Asen has done, and I was like, that was in 2004. Mm-hmm. 2004, more than 18 years ago, that the Congress had this bill. Dust it the hell off. Stop pissing it off, Mansion. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you have to start questioning, though, how are they going to abuse this? Because right. you know that on one on on one side of this coin, mm-hmm. you're going to create minimum staffing levels. Right. You know they're going to try to use the other side of it. Mm-hmm. To require other things, and how, yeah. like, and will that include caps on wages? Will that include, like, the case we saw recently where they were uh, legally or trying to legally prevent employees from leaving a hospital mm-hmm. because it would have caused short staffing? Right. Like, they were trying to bind these people to their job until such time. Mm-hmm. as the hospital deemed it appropriate to replace them. Right. Well, see, that's still in effect. That is still a problem. Right now, it is 1050. Mm-hmm. In many hospitals and nursing homes, in 10 minutes, shift change will occur. Mm-hmm. This is what happens, guys, for those that don't know. Let's say evening shift has six people, six mm-hmm. nurses on staff. Now, at midnight... At, well, at 11 p.m., mm-hmm. nobody shows up. If this midnight staff is four people, then four people from evening shift must continue working on until day shift comes in. And if they are short, they still have to keep working, taking care of patients until day shift has enough workers. Yeah, it's a scary concept. Um, On on one side of it, Mm -hmm. ensuring care of patients is important. Right. Like, no one argues that. No, Like, not one nurse, I think, has ever argued. Right. The 
fact that there are hospitals and medical providers that the idea of this is in natural disaster, mm -hmm. like catastrophic events, war, mm -hmm. that you would be implementing this. Right. And for many medical facilities, there's almost an exploitation of it mm -hmm. with reduced staffing inadvertently causing a shortage of staff pool mm -hmm. that creates this situation inevitably. And especially right. in the middle of an event like this, mm -hmm. um, like our current, you know, like high situation we've been in for two years, um, that we have, you know, a, another factor causing shortage of staff. Right. That you have a segment of staff that's out sick, mm -hmm. that that cannot come in, mm -hmm. and you were already at a bare bones skeleton crew to start with, and then you're just continuously working people nurses to the point that they want to get sick. Like I, I'm sure that as horrible as that sounds, there are a few that wish they would just get sick for the vacation. Well, because well, not only battling that, this, others, yeah, but then you, but we have to go pre back from current events in nursing. When they were working nurses, it was standard sixteen hour day shift. When they were burning nurses out as fast as they could for as low as pay as they could, and then they write them up and go after their license, and so they leave, and they go yeah. to the next hospital, and they Turn work and for five years at that hospital and then suddenly you know from excellent care and excellent reviews they go to crappy reviews and crappy shit and it's because at that five-year mark they would become tenured this is how they in get nurses to come in is you work first for five years we'll tender you you'll have all these extra benefits mm -hmm. like four and years a lot and three days in that nurse is gone yeah and a lot of companies have done that yeah. That, that if there's any kind of promise mm -hmm. of seniority, mm -hmm. regardless of whatever that comes with, if, if, if it's just kind of a, a loose, informal thing, mm -hmm. or even if it is a more structured, mm -hmm. um, like tenure, um, you know, a, a, any kind of contractual situation, mm -hmm. especially... Um, they, uh, companies will definitely try to idiotically, I, and I have to say idiotically, right? Pound wise, or, you know, penny wise, pound foolish, right. look to avoid the cost right. of having a long-term employee while not recognizing mm -hmm. the extreme cost of churning and burning employees Mm -hmm. that are good at their jobs right that have every expectation mm -hmm. and should become a, a long-term employee right um so it does become a situation and, and we see this with reviews we see this with like there's a lot of insidious ways that companies do this right um, well it's like i just pulled up an employer i won't release their name mm -hmm. they're offering a five thousand dollar sign-on bonus and $300 a month student loan repayment. Yeah. Well, okay. and then we also have to look at, you know, the the human problem of this. Mm -hmm. 
Um, these aren't just employees. They're not a widget. Right. Like, you don't get a box of employees and put them on the shelf and use one for four years and three days mm -hmm. and then throw it out. Right. Like, that's a human. Right. Um, and, and to sit there and do your job, do mm -hmm. it well, mm -hmm. you know, do all the things you're supposed to do mm -hmm. and go above and beyond even, mm -hmm. you know, like, ideally... Mm -hmm. Um, and, and with this one dangling carrot that you're mm -hmm. going to have a long-term uh, career here, right? but also to just go through the mental stress, anguish, and frustration mm -hmm. of being told you're bad at this, you're bad at that, you can't do this right, you can't do that right, mm -hmm. to force you out. The psychological torture. Mm-hmm that you're doing to a human being mm -hmm. and for what right that's well, where mentally my have issues to cut like, the money to save the money yeah. you get workers in for like and i'm going to give a bad example mm -hmm. you know going wage for nurses when i was in nursing was 15 dollars an hour but if you work for a company for two years they would then pay for your next level of training mm-hmm so, you know, that's how you can go from a CNA to an LPN to an RN in that two-year gap. And if you can get through that company and work through that company, you keep doing it. But at the same time that's going on, you have the companies and the legislators all going in and lobbying to get more restrictive laws. If a nurse, if back to our situation that's now happening in three minutes, that nurse has been there 16 hours. They have to give her a two-hour break. Mm -hmm. Two hours because they don't have enough staffing and she then has to work day shift. So you now have a nurse on the floor for more than 24 hours in direct patient care. She isn't pushing papers. She's pushing meds. She's doing wound care. She's lifting and bathing. You know, she's putting them to bed, all this. And it's still legal. It is still mm -hmm. legal. Well, and, and moreover, the the quality of patient care diminishes uh, diminishes rapidly. Mm -hmm. um, because, and, and again, how are you going to not get written up? Right. Well, you don't. And not like, only do it's you it's you a breeding ground. Not only do you not get written up, but if she would say, "I've been on the floor for sixteen hours. I am no longer safe to do care. I am going down to room B and go to sleep for at least six, and then I will come back up." that hospital administrator can report her to the nurses board and they pull her license we have a mutual nursing friend and the last blizzard that came through the hospital put him shut down on board and put their nurses up started bunking their nurses there for the mm -hmm. weekend yeah because of the snowstorm and fears that employees would not be able to get in it's and to some degree, I I have some appreciation for the situation. I do, mm -hmm. um, and it is a legitimate concern when you're in direct patient care and this right. is a hospital. You have like this isn't date, you know, this this isn't elective surgeries. This isn't you know stuff you can reschedule. You know, mm -hmm. the the. the the person in ICU doesn't just go home for a couple of days because there's just a little bit of snow. No. Like, you know, there's no wait for this. Right. Like, you know, like, 
Um, and granted, in that situation, it may all be for naught. Like, the snowstorm's over, and so is her life um, for this patient. Um, you know, unfortunate timing here. Uh, but you can't just send everyone home like it's a winter break. Right. Um, those patients are there, and more patients will continue to come in, especially in the midst of a snowstorm, because accidents start running high, people slip and fall, people wreck their right. cars. It's a horrible time. Um, you need that staff there, and I understand that. And I do, to some degree, appreciate the, the opportunity to keep staff on site. Mm-hmm. Um, to prevent the problems that are going to occur with other staff, that it, it does effectively begin to balance the load. Right. Um, but you know, it doesn't fully balance the load because they're no, only giving them two hours between 16 hours. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Puts patients in danger. And the hospitals have ran nurses out of the business. They have ran them out of nursing. Mm-hmm. People are leaving the bed daily because they cannot do it. Nurses are now being treated for PTSD that therapists are saying they mm-hmm. haven't seen since World War II levels mm-hmm. of PTSD in a field. Well, and it's not just nursing. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen, there is a massive across all sectors of employment increase in diagnosis of PTSD. Now, one could sit here and say that it's become the new ADHD. Mm-hmm. That we're just diagnosing everyone no. with PTSD. Or we could set back and look at employment mm-hmm. over the last several decades mm-hmm. and question, because mm-hmm. I think most of us are feeling it. Right. Um, whether or not the employment situation has so drastically changed mm-hmm. that it is working in a war-torn environment. Right. It, you know, they're not dropping bombs. They're dropping layoff notices. They're not mm-hmm. dropping, you know, throwing hand grenades. They're throwing, you know, pink slips. Right. Um, they're not, you know, sitting here firing bullets at you. Mm-hmm. Unless you count every single review, write up, and you know, crazy ass plan for HR to avoid making you a long-term employee to prevent you to to help the company not give you a raise, to help the company find and keep always a reason to terminate you immediately right. for cause. Um. I, that sounds like war when yeah. you think about it when you literally sit there and think about it if you have to go in every day mm-hmm. to a place mm-hmm. that you can't trust that the information you're being given is true mm-hmm. like you're having your performance evaluated not based on your performance but based on what's best for the company in any given situation mm-hmm. like you're not being told you're doing a bad job because you're doing a bad job per se mm-hmm. You're being told you're doing a bad job because right. it benefits this company to tell you that. Right. You know, when you're going in and you don't know, am I going to get fired today? Am I going to get laid off today? If I take a vacation day, if, right. I, if I use that PTO, am I going to get fired for it? Mm-hmm. Am I going to get to use it at all? Am I you know, going to be able to go to work and come home in 8, 10, 12, 48, 72 yeah. hours? And this is a sunny, dry day. 
This is it. And yeah. then you go to the next level of, and then you get home. And are you going to be able to afford rent off of what you make? Are you going to be able to put food on the table, pay the car note, and, you know, right. do all these things? I'm sorry, that sounds like war. Right. Does well, it not like, sound like war to someone? Like, the, these are literally, you can extrapolate from this, um, or, or kind of the way I'm extrapolating it, mm-hmm. is look at what someone in a war-torn country goes through. Right. They have no clue what's happening next. Scarier guys. So Hmm. I remember reading this story earlier this week. So I go to search it. Nurse found dead because this is a new new thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nurses are being found dead, and they're not Mm -hmm. being found dead because of drug use. They're being found dead because of suicide. Mm Hmm. So you know, we may have the National Guards, luckily in West Virginia, in our in our facilities cleaning and washing we have freaking trained medics in army in every branch of the things why are they not on the floors during patient care i think that's a waste of it well and and but it what until what point will that cover the gap as in how like we're sitting here with a problem in which we have a shortage of nursing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can fill that with National Guard. We can fill that with military personnel. We can fill okay. that, much like we're seeing in West Virginia with teaching. Yeah. Like, they have lowered the, like, you want to talk about a bar you can step over, the requirements to be a teacher right now, at least substitute, um, in West Virginia are basically as low as they have ever been. Or will Here, ever be? They this have isn't... been low as they've been. Well, okay. it was low, because, but no, because a, a, a substitute teacher or a private teacher in the state of what in Fayette County, you can teach four years above your four years below your degree. I have a master's degree, so I can teach all the way to high school. When okay, I was but working on my master's when I was in college, I could teach uh, pre, pr- primary and secondary education. Well, as I understand it now, West Virginia has dropped to the point of anyone with a high school diploma. Wow. Um, so that's where the bar is. Mm-hmm. Like, you could literally be sitting, and, and I would hope schools wouldn't do this, but I think the situation is so bad that they're not really, like, high or th- throwing cups of water at a raging inferno of a problem. Mm-hmm. You could literally have last year's graduate teaching this year's um, seniors. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's where we are. That's where we are. And right. because we talk about substitutes, and it's easy to think that, okay, we're only going to be talking about a few days while a teacher's mm-hmm. out, whatever. No, this shortage has gotten to the point that substitutes are now teaching for a full academic year. The, there is a shortage. You're right. To the point, there isn't a teacher for this class. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to offer the class because we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to plug a sub into it. Yeah. And they are going to teach from the first day of school right. to the last day of school. And they may be back next year. Yeah, As long as they don't do anything too stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's frightening. Yeah. Like I like I've I've seen some of the ads over the years, and mm-hmm. I thought when it got down to like if you have a four year degree mm-hmm. in anything, we don't care. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I thought that was kind of bad. And I was like, but that's still at least, you know, like, uh. but now it's to the point that, like, really? Yeah. Well, the theory is know? after five years in, te- I believe it's five or seven years in teaching, you're tendered. So mm-hmm. by the time we get back to the new normal, we could have teachers tendered that never went to school. Depending. Now, if they stay a sub, that can be a little wonky because I think mm-hmm. you have to technically be hired full time before that clock starts. Right. And it's it's a weird thing. You can be a full year sub. You can be a full year sub for multiple years. You can work mm-hmm. every single day. Right. And it's a totally different situation for you. Right. Now, what, now, what aggravates them? me? Well, you go with your concern. I'll go with my aggravation. You go with your concern first. What concerns me is if you're talking about someone who's 19 years old, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that, yes, they're technically an adult on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, we've noticed over time Mm-hmm. Um, as a society in a whole, mm-hmm. that um, 19 to 25 is still a growth period. Mm-hmm. Mentally, intellectually, you know, y- you are still a young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, we have an educational system, you know, full of, like, and especially in that high school example, of people that are effectively your peers. Mm-hmm. And we have written laws, we have created rules, we we have created a code of professional conduct for Mm -hmm. teachers based on the ideas that, you know, any kind of relationship Mm -hmm. would be inappropriate, most of which is built around the idea that there's going to be Mm -hmm. a significant enough intellectual gap Mm-hmm. between the people in the classroom learning and the people mm-hmm. at the front of the classroom teaching that there should not be any form of a relationship. Well, you know, no, we've seen this play out because if you remember the former Mississippi teacher charged with sexual relations with a student, their charges have been dropped after she married the student. Um, Bailing Turner, who, you know, broke the airwaves in the news in uh, Mississippi, who was teaching English in Mississippi in 2019 at 23, was charged with uh, that same year with having sexual relations with her, her male student. Well, she married the male student, so the charges had to be dropped because he can't testify against her. Hmm. That is not how I would have thought that would have played out because technically marrying a witness in most states mm-hmm. doesn't preclude testifying about a criminal act prior to the marriage. Mm-hmm. That effectively they see it for what it is. That, right. Or could be, could be mm-hmm. that you married as a defense. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, can't testify. We were married. Can't testify against spouse. Well, that doesn't right. always work out. Like your mileage may significantly right. vary. Now, granted, the student was seventeen. She was twenty-three. There's not a big scandal in this. However, at twenty-six, Turner and the former student have married, meaning he can't testify against her. Is what the DA saying there? 
And then you almost have to start to question how inappropriate is that relationship. Like, if you pulled that completely out of the classroom, mm -hmm. completely out of the classroom, mm -hmm. how, like, I, I think it's still a little wrong, mm -hmm. but it's not what you imagine in that whole, like, hot for teacher, like, inappropriate mm -hmm. relationship dynamic where it's, like, 35-year-old teacher 17-year-old mm -hmm. student where everyone can go, oh, my God. Right. No, that's wrong. Right. Like, that's There is new. a large spectrum of teachers that have married students. Mm-hmm. Past teachers. There are. Yeah, there is. Um, there is a case currently, I believe it is in California, that's a um, harassment suit over the gym teacher who who married a student and has made it clear what occurred when that student was a student but wasn't charged yeah all right guys we're running over like normal so let's move on to yeah, our yeah. favorite segment and then there's a story i want to cover i've been trying to cover the story for three shows i'm covering it okay um, but let's go on to our favorite segment are you the asshole Yes. Am I the asshole demanding my boyfriend to pay me for a replacement phone after he threw out my old one? Hello. I, female 32, met my boyfriend, male 37, about nine months ago. He has two kids, four and six, both boys, from his previous relationship. His kids are adorable and I love spending time with them. However, we do not live together so last week, he had a work trip and asked if he could bring the kids to stay with me, and I approved with zero hesitation. The boys came over, and we took the entire day doing fun outdoor activities. We got home in the evening, and I decided to post one video I took of the kids playing with the snow. I posted it and got a number of likes. I tagged my boyfriend as a surprise to let him know how much fun the kids had. But when he got back, he was furious with me for posting a video of the kids without permission. He pitched a fit and went on about how I overstepped, invaded his and the kids' privacy, used them for internet lights, and betrayed the sense of security he thought I had for the kids. I was flabbergasted by his reaction. I said, what's the big deal? And he literally started shouting at me and berating me, insulting, uh, insinuating I should never have done that. He demanded I delete the video, wipe it along with any other videos and pics I took of his kids off my phone completely. I was going to do what he asked, but I found that he took my phone and threw it away. He only gave back my SIM card. I lost it asking why he did it, and he said that I created this situation and made him do this. I called him unbelievable and demanded he pay me for a replacement phone as soon as possible, but he said he wasn't responsible for my mistakes. I argued that he massively overreacted and he should have let me know he didn't want the kids to be on camera, and he just kept going on about how I violated his and his kids' trust and privacy and how it's never an overreaction when he's trying to keep their privacy intact. I kept demanding for a new phone, and he's refusing. So, am I the asshole? I do feel like I should have spoken to him, 
but I think I have the right to not want my phone thrown out over a small mistake. Hmm. Like, I'll let you start. <laughs> first I'm curious. I'm curious where you're at on this one. No, I don't think that she's the asshole, first off. Second off, not only does he owe her for a replacement phone, I also think he owes her. She needs to be seeing this as a very large red flag of abuse. You made me do it is not a legal defense. You made me do it as a heckling of um, the statements abusers use. Mm-hmm. I, I I can say I'm pretty much on board. I like. I can understand a parent making a choice that they don't want their kids posted online. That mm-hmm. that you know, I, I can get that. I, I and I don't think that's an unreasonable idea for parents to have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that's definitely a choice a parent can have. I think you've got to be very clear if you're going to leave those kids in the custody of another human mm-hmm. that is not you, that is not the baby mama, mm-hmm. that is not, you know, someone who already, you know, co-parents with you, mm-hmm. that this is what you have decided. And then yeah. you have a reasonable expectation they will do that. Mm-hmm. And you would have every right to be upset about it. Right. And go, look, take it down and don't ever do that again. Right. And more than likely, you're not going to spend time alone with these kids again. Right. That's a reaction. That's a legit reaction. That's a legit reaction. And and again, I can understand being mad. Mm -hmm. The shot so far past that. Oh, yeah. Like, this is rage. Mm-hmm. This is uncontrolled rage. Mm-hmm. And then this is literally turning the situation from a, one that, you know, making a reasonable request and having someone follow through on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, leaving an opportunity to rebuild trust, regain trust. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, hey, sorry, you just can't be in my life anymore because you don't respect us. Mm-hmm. That's one component, mm-hmm. but then shooting so far past, right? That it's like you're destroying property. You are refusing to be responsible for the property you destroyed. Right. You are just so far out there, right. um, that you're looking for fear and intimidation. Right. That not only will this person never do this again. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot they're going to do if they stick with you. Right. Yeah, no, that's just... Right. And the other part here, and the other Mm -hmm. thought here on me, is he not only owes her for a phone, but he owes her for, let's say, 48 hours, uh, you know, a day. So that's 24 hours. 48 hours of professional nannying, if if that is what what he expected. And furthermore, it kind of wouldn't have been known. Yeah. And, you know, that the kids aren't allowed on social media. I make it very clear to figure out what to post, what not to post. I'm very careful about who I want to post what. And I make it clear mm-hmm. to our friends, like, no, yes, we are at the state fair. No, you can't post pictures of me at the state fair today. 
All right. You can post those tomorrow. Or, or at least me in after the event. Yeah. After we're down the road. Yeah. And, the, and even if someone breaks that, even if yeah. someone doesn't know that and messes that up, forgets, whatever, you know, you, your response is going to be probably twofold. Mm-hmm. One, could you please take that down? You know, this mm-hmm. is what I request. The you know I'm fine with having them posted later. I've just been in situations where this could cause me harm, so mm-hmm. I don't do that. Will you please take that down? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they don't, or if there's no opportunity to do that, like we don't know till later, um, that's someone that one you're going to be very clear the next time you ask and make sure right. they really really understand. Mm-hmm. And then you start making the choice of okay, you're not respecting my boundaries. Mm-hmm. So I just can't be around you. Right. And, and well, that's that's my right, is to exactly. go, look, if you're going to be the there. Thing here, and I do this all the time with people, is he can mm-hmm. remove the tag. If he doesn't want it on his profile, he can mm-hmm. remove the tag. Her little 200 Absolutely. friends can go ape shit over it. Mm-hmm. They don't know who the kids are. They There's no joint connection there. Well, and even if it's just about having the kids up, regardless right. of if they're nameless kids, mm-hmm. um, again, I could understand reasonably right. um, that height, take it down. Mm-hmm. They're children. They don't, you know, they didn't choose to be uploaded. They don't understand the consequences of being videoed and having that video online. Right. Um, and, and granted, this seems innocuous, but mm-hmm. there's there are legitimate parental concerns right. there. Very much. Of so. yeah, and and I get that. I'm totally there with that. Right. Um, but at the same time, th- there's so many better ways to handle this than brute force and intimidation. Mm-hmm. That literally does raise the red flag of this is an abuser. You think throwing away the phone today, as Brenda put it, um, you know, throw the phone today, throw her into something soon with that kind of reaction. Exactly. Like, it's not a big logical leap. Right. Um, not at that level of displayed anger. Mm-hmm. Just, no. No, it's not. Um, and, you know, she was wrong with, you know, Brenda also says she was wrong with, with not checking uh, checking with, the ki- with him about the kids. Many parents are crazy picky, but he is crazy asshole. He was, the, he was wrong on so many levels, and she needs to rethink him. Um, Although Sarah brings up a good point. Do you <laughs> think it was an outlet for underlying issues within the relationship? I think it's a good point for him trying to assert control of the relationship. First of all, to ask a girlfriend to watch your kids. They don't say how long they've been dating, but if they're not living together. It's kind of a big step. That's a big step. That's a big step. Um, That's a very big step of, you know, I don't know. I don't let my boyfriends watch my dogs till about two years in. (laughs) Were you longer? How long was it until you were left well, with the kids? I, it was before here. my surgery. It was yeah, before but you my were surgery. living here. Yeah, I was living here, but it was before so my that's surgery. Two years in, eh, roughly. Yeah, like so, if that, if that. Okay, like so yeah, you can was... as a parent, I would be even more, you know, protective. 
Well, what, what, I mean, granted, situations come up and sometimes things just happen. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, this kind of sounds like where this began is I don't think she was his first choice mm-hmm. necessarily to watch the kids. It sounds like this just all kind of came together. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't want to say, I don't want to add to this situation mm-hmm. and say he took advantage, but he at least recognized that she would be potentially willing. Yeah. And she was. Um, and it wasn't an issue right. or shouldn't have been, right. but I, I do think that, you know, I, I just really struggle with this one. Like, it's not really that weird. Like, it's not like she took video of like naked bath time right? and it's like marginally, you know, bubble bath hidden nudity Right. And is posting that all over the internet right. and, like, you know, tagged him and blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, I mean, I I can see being like, look, we don't do that. That's not what I want to have happen. Like, right. I, I think this so blew out of control, mm-hmm. like, within his brain that it's like, no, 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 Pump the right. brakes. Pump the brakes. Right. Like, try handling this like an intelligent human being who's encountered a situation in which your, you know, current significant other Mm -hmm. um, has done something that you don't agree with. Right. That maybe you didn't have time to fully explain. Right. Maybe you think she should have just known, Mm -hmm. um, but didn't. Right. Like, you know. You haven't been dating yeah. that long, obviously. But yeah. if if it's but then there's the question of is this like the like final straw? Right. I think that's a valid point mm-hmm. that it could be that like this was like one more thing with her that she's mm-hmm. not linking for whatever reason, either right. because it all makes her look bad. Right. You know, like maybe she's taking the kids, you know, to get ice cream or Whatever, and just like it's gone off the rails before, but this is the one. Well, and it's again, like I can't do this. Yeah, I'm gonna say this. He's the asshole. He's also a lot of red flags there. Honey, go buy you a new phone, get you a new man because you this one's defective. Yeah. Um. Well, and Sarah saying she's the one painting the narrative. We don't know his side. I'm just going by if like if this were me and this were the last straw. Mm-hmm. I ain't staying there that night to uh, for my uh, for the other half that I just mm-hmm. screamed, yelled at, threw a mm-hmm. fit about. Right. To be able to find out, I threw away their phone and then have a secondary argument with. Like mm-hmm. if that's my last straw, that's mm-hmm. called there's you know a Howard Johnson Motel Six something, mm-hmm. or that either she can be at or I can. So there's just no... Right. But no, he's an asshole. You do not destroy other people's property. All right. So we're starting Mm -hmm. to see some traction and some action on a case that's just heartbreaking. Y'all guys remember the Bumble date and how Bumble date led to death and nobody informed the family. What? 
Smithfield's 23 was found unresponsive on December 12th in her Bridgeport apartment by a man she had met on Bumble, who called the police to report that she that he had awakened to find her unresponsive with a nosebleed. The family accused the police department of being racially insensitive, saying that they didn't contact that they weren't contacted by the officers about her death, but by the building landlord. The family attorney said that they found a note on her door. And then when questioned about the bumble dude, mm-hmm. oh, he was a nice man. What? Yeah, they didn't hold up investigation or anything else. He was a nice person. Yeah. We didn't hold him. We didn't. They didn't collect evidence or nothing. Um, Last week, the 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 Connecticut officer, medical chief examiner, ruled Smithfield's death was an accident resulting from acute intoxication due to a combination of effects of fentanyl, uh, formosamine, hydrodioxide, and alcohol. Following the announcement, the Bridgeport Police Department announced a criminal investigation into her death, assigned from the U.S. Drug. Assisted with the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, Ron, 33, uh, was found dead at Bridgeport residence the same day as Smithfield, and her family also said police never notified them of her death and that the city police had not even taken her case seriously. Um, Her cause and manner of death is still pending. (coughs) Excuse me. I just don't, like, how do you not, like, I, okay, I understand situations in which media gets mm-hmm. out that identifies, you know, the 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 deceased right. in this situation, like, whatever the situation is, whether it's mm-hmm. criminal or non-criminal, accidental, whatever. I understand the situation in which mm-hmm. media gets a hold of it, and that's how family finds out. Right. Like, but to, just because, like, you know, for whatever reason, right? the the speed at which law enforcement can reach the family is slower than, you know, how fast you can break into a newscast Mm -hmm. with a reporter reporting an event. I, I get that part. I don't understand how, though, you end up with, family that has to find out with a note on a door mm-hmm. that no one was attempting to contact at all just like i don't do that right then like, if you're looking for smithfield um call this number like i, I really struggle with that like i i would need more information Apparently to figure out how that happens anybody of these because there's two cases here Right. Both of them look to have been the same overdose. They're not sure because the other one, they're having to still investigate. Mm-hmm. Neither case did the police officers or detectives inform the family of the death. I, that's where I'm just a lost, is why would you not even try? Right. Like, obviously, the landlord had the ability. Mm-hmm. To contact someone. Right. 
So it should have been a fairly straightforward officer says, hi, do you have any contact information for Mm -hmm. this person's relatives? Right. Okay, thank you so much. We'll give them a call. Right. Like, I I can understand, like, they're not being a notice of of someone that you can't identify. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like that's a problem here. No, because it's in their apartments. You know, it's like you're right there. Right. Um, Like, you you didn't check for a phone. You didn't go through last contacts. You didn't. They didn't even collect evidence. Like, all right. You had to collect evidence. Load her up and, um, you know, let the nice guy go. And uh, y'all have a great day. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you know, we're going to go get breakfast now. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I can't figure out, like, I part of me is horrified by the idea of it. Part of mm-hmm. me seriously wants to know, how does that conversation go? Well, you know. How does probably... that, like, you're in this situation as an officer. Mm-hmm. You're, you've been called into this situation. Mm-hmm. There's a dead body right. that is being rolled out. Mm-hmm. And you're just like. Okay, well, thanks. Have a great day. Right. They what? had to go. The family had to literally go to the point of hiring a lawyer to harass the police department, the prosecutor's office, and the mayor to even get charges filed in the first one to do yeah. an investigation. The family yeah. walked into an apartment where they just basically, the police showed up, they picked the body up, they sent the body to the coroner's, locked the door went on with their day. Effectively, no episode uh-huh. of, like, Law & Order SVU, Law & Order, like, nothing you have ever seen. Mm-mm. Just rolled not in, okay, I've dead people. Police. Yeah, not anything that I have ever seen in real life. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I've been around law enforcement. We've dealt with law enforcement. Lord God knows I've dealt with law enforcement. No, there's at least a normally an investigation, some questioning going on. Not all yeah, seems like an honest, nice man. 53-year-olds don't just typically drop dead. Like, there's reasons. But in general, it's not grandma died peacefully in her sleep. It's not, you know, she had, you know, a terminal condition and there was hospice. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, that was one of my first concerns when hospice was being called in. Mm-hmm. And, and I had had, well, it wasn't my first concern really, but it was one that was already in the back of my head. Because mm-hmm. when you're taking care of someone who is elderly, you right. know there's going to come a point in which they're not alive anymore. Right. Like it, it, it. This is reality, you know. Right. At some point, I'm gonna wake up. She's not, right. And like, so one of my first questions is, what do I do when she passes? Mm-hmm. Because I, like, I w- had been walking around with that right. weight, I guess one right. could say, for a really long time, right. Because it's not like it's unimaginable that the ninety. Two-year-old, the ninety-six-year-old, the ninety-seven-year-old mm-hmm. dropped dead. Right. Like, I mean, she was an old lady with a lot of health issues. They do that. 
Right. Like, that's what they do. Right. Um, you know, there's nothing suspicious here. Right. Um, I honestly, and I've been really worried about how to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Like, because no one ever tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, do I call 911? It's not really an emergency. No, well, it's um, not, you know. <laughs> normally, you call, you have to, and I, I guess I was blessed with that because I've got the in home training of, yeah, he's dead. Call the funeral home, they'll come pick him up. Um, but I did, I'm sorry, I never thought to, t- to tell you that. Well, no, 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 by the, the, by, basically by the point that, like, we were talking about the hospice thing, like, that was one of my first questions when, like, they were, they sent over the hospice nurse, and I'm talking to the hospice mm-hmm. nurse, I'm asking that question. Uh, um, because it finally seems like the first appropriate time. I'm talking back 2010. Uh-huh. I'm already realizing that there's a possibility that any point mm-hmm. like I could get here today, go to bed tonight and she doesn't wake up tomorrow mm-hmm. and every day after mm-hmm. um, that's always a you know moment. And literally I would sit there in the morning sometimes. And if she just like overslept, mm-hmm. I would sit there and have that realization that this could be today. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do, what's appropriate to do. It's not an emergency. Mm-hmm. You know, if she died in her sleep, mm-hmm. I hope it was peaceful. Right. Like, no one strangled her. There's not a big investigation mm-hmm. as to why the 90-some-year-old woman died. Right. Um. You know, she's got a list of doctors that can fill that one out for you. Right. I mean, not to make light of it, but seriously. Right. You know, it's not like, oh, my God, what could have happened? Right. Um, You know, she's old. Mm-hmm. Her body gave out. Right. Now, it's pretty- what I want, so what was heartbreaking to me and what it's looking like is they put basically police profiled these two ladies who are African-American. Um, mm-hmm. And the mother's statement just dry. It's like, how can a mother go through this? Um, the biggest misconception is that my daughter was on drugs. She said she was not on drugs. Lauren worked every day. She was a, on a plant-based diet. She went to college. She owned her own business in her home. There were no drugs around. She was not on drugs at all. She had her whole life ahead of her. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and it shouldn't matter, right? That's fundamental. Like, even if the police step in and and they're looking at someone, and it's like, well, I can obviously tell mm-hmm. this is what caused her uh, this person's death. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's you know potentially more. And I'm throwing air quotes for anyone just listening. Um, I'm throwing air quotes on this one that, you know, well, like she brought it on herself or whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter that this is a person. Right. You know, they, they were brought into this world by two other people. Right. And there was potentially family. Rawson's family heard from a neighbor that their sister had died, but they couldn't find her body. They had to do their own investigation. 
And this mm -hmm. is the one I was talking about where the family had to collect their own evidence. They had to maintain their own evidence. They had, and see, now this, even criminal charges at this point, because there is no chain of custody, how do you say victim's father collected sheets from bed covered in blood, sealed them in a bag, was collected into evidence on the 23rd? A defense attorney is going to walk his ass all over that one. Yeah, how do you know you didn't contaminate it? Did you handle it according to police procedure? Did it follow mm -hmm. all the rules of evidence? Mm -hmm. um, and, and fundamentally, you know, either one of two things happens, and this is mm -hmm. a horrible, unfortunate, accidental doubt. Right. Legitimately, that's right. what this is. Mm -hmm. Or this is like the most horribly mishandled murder right. investigation of all murder investigations right um in a situation where from the beginning you don't know right just because you find a dead body that and more importantly just because mm -hmm. like here's the thing hindsight can build a lot of things how right. do you walk in mm -hmm. and just know it's not a murder investigation right you have a dead 53-year-old, for instance, in mm -hmm. this case. Mm -hmm. A dead 53-year-old. 53-year-olds with, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, is there a gunshot? Right. Is there a stabbing? Mm -hmm. How do you just look mm -hmm. and be like, yeah, this is probably just, you know, natural causes. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, an accidental overdose or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not your determination to make. That's a medical examiner. That is, you know, someone who is not you to, right. to do a full autopsy and make a determination of the cause of death. Mm -hmm. If you've been called into this situation, mm -hmm. you should be suspicious. Right. Like, anyone should. Now, there's plenty of people that it's a totally natural death. Mm -hmm. People have aneurysms, people have strokes, people right. have all kinds of health conditions that can kill them at right. 53. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible. Right. But you but don't... What's the possibility? What's the likelihood? You know, mm -hmm. Bridgeport, Pennsylvania is not a big town. Mm -hmm. And yes, this police department is on record. They've had federal charges. One of Their last police chief was served a year and a day in jail over some other cases of racism and profiling and other things mm -hmm. what is the likelihood of two women of color passing away on the same day and being found on the same day with the same drug mixture in their system also unlikely um but you know but then there's this more important part is, is racial mm -hmm. profiling isn't even what this is. Mm -hmm. This is you saw someone's race and didn't give a shit. Right. All right. They're dead. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter that right. to you, this was not a human life. You found a right. dog on the side of the road mm -hmm. and oh, well, right. You registered nothing mm -hmm. about this being a human life. Now, the like, DOJ, the NWACP is moved, asked the DOJ to hold an investigation into both these cases and to possibly take over these cases. Mm -hmm. um, 
because they're not getting any of it. Like, they're not getting traction here. They just now got those two detectives suspended. Not fired. Not fired. Suspended. Yeah. Well, and the the harsh reality of the Department of Justice stepping in at any point of Mm -hmm. this, whether it's investigation into them or investigation into the deaths, Mm -hmm. it's already so screwed. Mm Mm-hmm. The best the family can hope for is to know what happened mm-hmm. and maybe get, you know, prevent this from happening to other families. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you're going to see if there is a responsible person, whether mm-hmm. it's from, you know, spiking someone's drink at a club, um, forcibly injecting them, causing a murder, like mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You're this case is so tainted right i just don't see how you could really do that unless they walked into the police station not that one Mm -hmm. wrote out a very intelligent compelling confession on videotape by hand Mm -hmm. and had the world's dumbest defense attorney yeah just roll over Mm -hmm. as they plead guilty Right. Like, I don't know how you could, like, take this situation mm-hmm. and actually run a prosecution. Like, I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible. Right. I'm sure there's someone that could. I right. just don't know how. Right. Like, so I'm not like I'm going to give a few. That. I'm going to give a few tips here for those that are doing the online dating. If it's the first date, you don't know this person mm-hmm. go out go out of your house go have a date in a public spot mm-hmm. if you decide to go back to one another's place whoever's place it's at is the one that gets the first drink of whatever the alcohol is you pour your own drink there's none of this will let me pour your drink no i'll pour my own if you're going to go there you don't get intoxicated you don't you make sure that you're drinking the same thing this is dangerous this is a pattern going across the united states this is back reflection of the 1980s daybreak drugs now they're more deadly well there is that um and that's also making the assumption this wasn't either something they took mm-hmm by intent to go, maybe got told it was something else entirely right i mean it's not crazy to think of 53 that maybe someone offers you you know some mdma mm-hmm. and you're like well you know you only live once right. like you know um <laughs> like it could even be a friend thing mm-hmm. um like totally unrelated to the guy that she went out on a date with right um at all Mm-hmm. At all. This could literally be the most innocent human being that, you know, goes out for a fun night on a first date. They make a decent connection with each other. Everything is going well, fine, great, and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up next to a corpse. Right. Um, and suddenly it's all tragically horrible. And you right. are the most unlucky lightning strike victim ever to exist, especially since as I'm reading it, uh, or as I understand the cases, like they seem to be totally disconnected from each other. Right. So, I mean, there's an arguable, 
unless it's there's like the Tylenol debate. case. Well, um, no, there's a large arguable debate here because the chemical mm-hmm. blood releases are basically the same. So that causes me to question it. The other mm-hmm. side of this is we need to go back into some club training. Yeah. Okay. Here's some club training for those that do not know what it is. If you go to a club, you set your drink down and you turn away from it, even to have a conversation, that drink is done. You mm-hmm. don't accept a drink unless it comes from a bartender to your hands. Mm-hmm. And it stays in your hands. I don't care if it's in a bottle, it's in a glass, whatever. It doesn't matter. You stop drinking that drink and yeah. set it down. I'm not saying don't get trashed. I'm not saying go, don't have a good time. Don't have an awesome hookup. But do it safely. These are things that are going on across this country that's a little weird. We've got people passing away from exactly the same drug compilations. So that over tells me one or two things. Either the blood is contaminated, i.e. they're using one blood for two people. Or, or something about the way they collected it and processed it. Mm-hmm. Crossed. crossed. Or they went to the same club and got part of the same bad drink. Or got handed it, or have the same friend in common. Right. They said, here, try this. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Whatever. I, like, there's a lot of things that could happen there. Right. Um, And within this, like, I also feel like there's almost a thing of one has to point out that mm-hmm. a lot of this is about being paranoid for good reason. Right. It's not that everyone that you will encounter in a space is going to do this to you. It's not that every single time is a battlefield of disaster. Mm -hmm. It's just, sometimes it's just too easy. Right. And it doesn't matter where it's at. Yeah. Story Story and controversy. I had a show in... Um, I was in Greensboro. We had a show in <clears throat> Salem. We went up, done the show, and of course, the whole night, Asen's drinking, drink mm-hmm. setting on my dressing table. I'm talking. I'm, you know, emceeing. I'm performing. An hour and a half after that show, I don't remember what happened until I woke up in the hospital. Hmm? Alcohol poisoning and GSB. You've done too much GSB. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. That's not my drug of choice, honey. Well, your blood results show that you had too much GSB in your system. And I'm like, how did this happen? I didn't take drinks from the audience because it's not my club. So my bartenders don't know what I want. Okay. Oh, I had gotten used to having my own dressing room and leaving my drink on the dressing table. Mm Mm-hmm normal thing happened every night matter of fact normally when i walked in that night you know eat you know depending on the bartender because different bartenders i enjoyed the drinks but normally there was a drink sitting on the dressing room table waiting for me it was either mm-hmm. a white russian that sunny was working or it was black velvet and coke if don was working i knew who was working by who what drink was waiting for me mm-hmm. this night we were at a we were visiting it was a pageant show um so I knew it's a situation of not my bar, not my people, not my bartender, not my, mm-hmm. n- none of this was my right. normal. Right. 
of this happens, guys. This happens today. This is not a 1970s thing. This is not a 1980s and 90s things. This is happening, guys. These are old well, tricks into new shows. Well, and then without digging too much into the scenario uh, or of what happened, mm-hmm. um, but and the best thing that occurred there was, you know, intense intoxication that landed you in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm assuming that you were safe up to the point that you collapsed oh. and then ended up at the hospital. Right. Um, and, and, or I, I'm assuming that's the assumption you're making, that, like, right. you don't know what happened, but, right. you know, you didn't right. find out otherwise from someone else later. It didn't pop up, you know, in a video. Um or a Polaroid, right. or a whatever, or gossip around the club circuit right. is that so-and-so did such and such. Yeah, um, I didn't know that, yeah. because, you know, I do, I, you know, it's kind of funny, my two careers, I do my events now, the same way I've done my events when I was in the club days. Mm-hmm. We get there, I have a handler, my handler takes care of me, I don't even like taking drinks unless Joe brings them. Like, here's my water, don't. no thing, I don't. Like, you generally don't. Like, you have to really know someone. Yeah. To be like, here's a bottle of water. Uh-huh. You know, here's a this, here's a that. Like, no. Otherwise, you're just like, mm-mm, no. No. Like, if I want that, Joe can go get that. Right. Like, literally, if he... Pa- <laughs> like, I feel like I'm setting myself up for a future of, like, whatever. Um, <laughs> Like... But honestly, if he's collapsed at an event and, like, this is drug-based and it was something he drank or ate at an event, mm-hmm. there's not, like, unless he is, for whatever insane reason, completely departed from his normal, mm-hmm. I'm going to jail. Uh, like, <laughs> be innocent as the day is long they're putting my butt in jail um because you know this is about jail oh no 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 you jail is your nice side yeah yeah you're dealing with miranda Priestley, who's going to dress you down go what the fuck are you doing i'm working no i mean in terms of like if some horror like if this because like if you go to an event and like jessica fletcher shows up um you know and you're dead Literally everyone knows, Mm -hmm. like, the only person that brings you food or drink Mm -hmm. at an event Mm -hmm. is me Mm -hmm. or your handler, whoever that may be. Like, we're going to end up in jail if, like, it was like you obviously drank this at this event and that is what occurred. Right. Because everyone's going to tell him the same thing. The only person that handed him anything all night. Was this handler? Was that guy? Right. <laughs> and see here, and I've left companies before because they wanted to give me a different handler. I'm like, no, I provide my own handler. Well, yeah. Because there is that issue of like, okay, I don't know this person. How much can I trust this person? Like, again, maybe it's paranoid. Mm-hmm. But it's paranoid for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially when you've been through situations. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, you know, we all end up with those in life um, in which other people are going to fundamentally get punished forever Mm -hmm. because some bastard Mm -hmm. done did us wrong right? and created a reason Mm -hmm. why we don't do that. Right. 
Um, like we don't go there. We don't drive that speed limit or like we drive that speed limit. We don't speed. We don't do this. Like, you know, Sorry. we end up with a court, uh, uh, a ton of those in life. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yep. it may sound kind of silly or crazy or whatever, but people do bad shit. Like right. not everyone's decent. Right. Well, there's a case, there's multiple cases. I'm sorry, Southern Queens, I'll talk about you. You can come for me if you want. I'll check you too. Um, they are horrible. Like if we went below, like we if we go if if in the old days of performing, if we went to Georgia, if we went to Florida, if we went to New Orleans, our cases were locked, our makeup was put up and locked again, and we hired someone just to stand there at our dressing center because they'll put glass in your makeup. Yeah. That's also where okay. the hairspray dress came from. All right, I'm going to tell this one, and you may hurt me after the show. That's fine. Brenda brought us a cheesecake to one of his classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was at a point in which I don't go to his classes. I sit out in the vehicle. I don't know who really know any of his students all that well. Mm-hmm. Like, visually, I know they are his students. I don't know his students all that mm-hmm. well. Like, we talk a little but not enough for me to honestly know a whole lot about names. Mm -hmm. There was a moment when she actually, because she had promised this, Uh and don't get me wrong, we loved her from the show, but she had promised this, showed up with it, and I'm just like looking at him after Brenda left, and Brenda don't hate me, but I said, are we going to actually eat this? Or uh, yeah. do we kindly accept this and throw it out? No, we, like, we, do ate we it. trust her. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good, because it looks great. <laughs> I said, I was about ready to risk it. I really was. <laughs> like, I was about like, I may die and regret this, but it was yeah, good. But no, I, but again, Brenda's cooking, I'll eat any day. Yeah. I trust Brenda. She's been around. I trust her. I trusted her immediately, but you know, I knew her. She's not some strange person. I know. And she laughs understand. <laughs> and says, You don't know me well. <laughs> Ooh. See now I'm afraid. Um <laughs> now you I have know to... her well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I misread how she meant that. Okay, got it. Yes, no, I didn't. Um, Like, I recognized the name. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, she kept saying she was going to bring us one. Like, I knew all this. Right. But I'm still like, oh, okay, before I think we're going to eat cheesecake, you need to tell me. Uh Uh-huh. By the way, she blew us away with that because we expected small cheesecake. Oh, yeah. delicious cheesecake that was delicious it was wonderful Mm -hmm. um hope to get to enjoy it again hope to get to hang out with brenda again but you know it's like um lady gwen ordered us these lovely cups that we have for the show it gave us merch (laughs) and decided to surprise us yes decided to surprise us and that box sat there for a good bit before i was like okay yeah we can open it yeah, because we don't know who it's from. Right. And it's like, are you expecting anything? No. Are you expecting anything? No. Uh, where'd this come from? Why is uh-huh. this here? Right. 
Right. I don't know this company. I don't know anything about this company. I right. don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. Is this a package bomb? Mm -hmm. Are well, we going to open like, this? You know, well, it's and like my like, YouTube video on Wednesday. You guys are going to get to see. I'm glad they sent it that way. If they had sent it in brown paper wrapping, I probably would still be sitting with a box on my front porch, and I'd be very regretful of it. You're really All right, guys. On to it oh. for now. Let's wrap this up. All right. Of course, we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryant, Ashley Gish, Shannon C, Shannon D, the ever-wonderful Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, and Dottie the Psychic. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how YouTube can become one of our lovely Patreons and enjoy all the benefits our baristas receive, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. Guys, be safe. If you're partying this weekend, keep your drink in your hand. Or finish your drink before you hit the dance floor. Don't trust your hookup because they are just a hookup. Even though they may be your eternal lover. It doesn't matter. You don't trust them to begin with. Let them earn that trust. And as always, wash your hands. Wear your mask where you feel it necessary. If you haven't gotten your vaccine, get your vaccine. And remember to vote. We have primaries coming in and we need to clear some houses. All right, guys. Until then, good night, y'all. Good night. You know what's coming, so be one. You can't stop me now.